Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. If you could go back and change some things from your wedding night, what would they be? Welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, the sex and intimacy podcast for Catholic women. My name is Ellen Holloway, and I am a Catholic speaker and coach who specializes in sex and marital intimacy, and I am on a mission to help you actually enjoy and desire good, holy sex with your spouse. And with me on this episode today, we have Kathleen Shivanis, our semi-regular co-host and femme instructor. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about what we would do if we had the ability to go back and change something from our wedding night. And then we are really going to dig into what ultimately we are all looking for when it comes to sex and intimacy within our marriage. We are going to be talking about the holiness of sex and how we actually integrate that into our hearts and our minds and our marriage as a whole. Let's just, let's dig in. Like, yeah, your wedding night, let's talk about what was the number one thing that you're just like, man, if I could have a do-over... If I could, if I could just change one thing, mm-hmm. what would it be, Kathleen? I would not have told my t- husband how tired I was. Our wedding reception was on my in-laws' farm, so we partied until like midnight. Like it was, and the wedding was at like two o'clock. So it had been a long day, and then we finally got back to our hotel, and I was just beat, and I was willing. But I was not enthusiastic because I was just so tired. And yeah, in retrospect, I do feel awful about it. Like, I feel really, really bad. Like, (laughs) that man had waited 24 years (laughs) for that moment. And I was like, I mean, we waited 24 years. We could wait one more day, right? And he was like, nope. I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, uh... Which, like, was... That joke is probably what I would not have done. Not have made that joke. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, because I think, I think like just the open communication about like, wow, I am really exhausted. Like, yeah. I think that's good. That's good to share and, and be yeah. open and honest. Yeah. Sure. But making the joke about it might have, well, <laughs> it sounds like it didn't come off well. It did not come off well. Um, and like I said, I was beyond willing, but I was I was tired, and I struggle with enthusiasm when I am tired. So, um, yeah, that would <laughs> I think we all do. Honestly, yeah, I probably just would have left before midnight. <laughs> I mean, it was a good party, so it was hard to leave. But mm-hmm. I probably would have been like, "Hey, we got to be out of here by like ten o'clock, right?" Nine. Can o'clock, I just say that, like, you know, consummating the marriage is the reason why traditionally like the new husband and wife they leave the part like and i'm talking about you know back in the you know 1800s kind of a thing like like a traditional wedding they would have left the party like right after church the, yeah. the party wasn't for the bride and groom like mm, the bride and groom yeah. like or like the the bride's parents set up a dinner to like thank everybody for coming, but the bride and groom didn't go. Like so interesting. <laughs> they went to their honeymoon. Like they left wow. from church. Like I think it's in Anna Green Gables that yeah. that happens. And that was the first time that I had like learned that. That is so, so interesting. Yeah, you know what? If you're listening to this and like you're coming up on your wedding, like maybe think about that. 
like maybe you should leave the party early so that you have energy because this is arguably 10 million times more important than the party is yeah i'll tell you honestly so we just (laughs) the other weekend had our friends our friends got married and their wedding was at 11 o'clock and the reception went until four and then it was done like everything was done and i was like wow there is something to that yeah it was Let's great. Bring that back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like the it was in a church basement, which was a very nice church basement. It wasn't just like a dingy hall. It was very nice. <laughs> um, but so everyone just went right from mass down to the basement for the party, and um, everything was done by four. And I was like, wow, that's, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Anyway. We get so wrapped up. I think. <clears throat> And just like, oh my gosh, like the party and it has to be awesome and it has to be all the things that I want as, you know, the bride and groom. And it's just like, uh, traditionally speaking, the party wasn't for you. And like the fact yeah. that you hang out at the party is just making you exhausted. So I, know. I don't know, maybe yeah. just don't go to your wedding reception. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Very possible. But, but like, think about leaving early. Like I remember my husband and I, we left at like, 10 I think and everybody stuck around and cleaned up like yeah. mm-hmm. and so we didn't have to clean up right but like we left and everybody said goodbye to us and like yeah. and then like they sort of kept partying slash cleaning up afterward yeah and mm-hmm. yeah they didn't leave until like midnight so yeah no that's <laughs> but that's I was we there. left and that's, that's when fine we left, yeah yeah um, okay well how about you what would you change if you could. So surprisingly opposite to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My husband had offered, you know, hey, we don't have to have sex tonight. And I wish I had taken him up on the offer. Mm, I interesting. I had gotten so wrapped up in my head that this is what we had to do. And this is how it goes. And this, you know, this is what a husband and wife do. And, you know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard bits and pieces of my story of just like, I was very negatively impacted by just this, you know, sex is bad and dirty. And so then I was trying to reconcile that in my head in the, in the course of like a few hours, I was just like, we have to do this because this is what we're supposed to do. Um, And then of course, like, I that's when I learned that I suffered from vaginismus and that then led to like a six month process before we actually were able to physically consummate the marriage like because I had such an acute vaginismus that like penetration was impossible and like I just wish I had trusted my husband that he you know that we didn't have to we didn't have to check this box like we could just slowly get to know each other's bodies and just like cuddle or just look at each other naked and just enjoy the fact that like this is a new step in our relationship that's now you know that's now a part of our chaste relationship and that was just I just I I just look back on that time and I put so much pressure on myself Mm -hmm. in those first six months of marriage to like to do this thing yeah but and it was never about love it was never about a gift of self it was never about being open and receiving like it was all about just doing it because i was supposed to yeah checking off and the that box. makes me sad 
Yeah, I think I think honestly that a lot of women can relate to that. Because I will say and I honestly like I had a lot of introspection happening last week for me. <laughs> and one of the things that I was really like reflecting on is that like it's hilarious because I talk about sex like everywhere, right? Like like sex from a Catholic perspective. I talk about it here. I talk about invocation talks in my diocese, right? Like I talk about it at marriage prep with like, you know, with the NFP talk. Like I talk about it when I'm like seeing clients. Like I talk about it freaking everywhere. But still, I had this realization that I struggle to see sex in my own marriage and relationship as holy and Mm -hmm. as a gift and not just as something that we're supposed to do. And like, I, I, like, I know all of these things, right? Like I know them and I believe them, but my heart doesn't understand them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I had to realize the other day that it does often feel like, okay, check it off. Like, are we using all of our available days? Like, are we doing it enough? You know what I mean? Like check, check, check. And not, this like deep understanding in my heart of like the meaning of it all, even though my brain knows the meaning, like my, my mind knows the meaning, but my heart doesn't understand it. Yeah. And that's ultimately, that's the Christian journey. Yeah. Is taking knowledge of God, taking knowledge of our faith and moving it from our head to our heart, Mm -hmm. to it actually transforming us, right? Like, you know, we think about uh, what's popping into my head is like the transfiguration, which is a very extreme example. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was trying to think of something more simple, but that's what came to my head. So thanks, Holy Spirit. Right. But like, you know, Jesus brought the three guys up the mountain um, and was like, look, this, like, this is what I've been talking about. Th- yeah. This, right. And they're all like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, this is crazy, right? And and I think in some way, or maybe just completely, I'm not a biblical scholar, but like Jesus was trying to explain to them, like, I've been teaching you. Mm -hmm. I've been telling you all this stuff. And like, on an intellectual level, y'all get it. But I can tell you don't understand it in your heart, Mm -hmm. right? And like, Peter's like, Hey, this is this is great, Lord. Let's set up some tents or whatever. And Jesus is like, "Stop! Stop yeah. trying to do this from the intellectual point of view. Like right. just receive this gift that I gave you of seeing me in all my glory." Um or maybe still slightly veiled because like let's be real, I think they would have <laughs> They would have like dropped dead. <laughs> yeah, burned up in flame or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I love the transfiguration. I love that story. And we we do that so much. And and I feel like I actually hear I've been hearing this a lot just in like DMs on Instagram or just just different or I'll see other people kind of like posting on Instagram about just like, well, I get it. I, I, I get that sex is holy. I get that sex is good, but like I still can't translate that to the bedroom. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard work to take the knowledge and translate it to the bedroom. And like, here's the thing is like, knowledge is never the problem. It's Mm -hmm. easy to learn. It's so easy to learn. Like, you can pick up a book 
about anything yeah. <laughs> and read yeah. it, right? But actually applying it to your life, that's the hard part. Like that's the part that you need accompaniment for. That is the part that you need maybe a coach for in in a little bit more of like a one-on-one situation. Like that is where you need a friend that you can talk to or a small group or just like regular, you know, like you listening to the podcast. I'm so happy that you listen to the podcast and I'm so happy that you are learning all of this stuff. But are you translating it to your sex life? Are you growing from all of this stuff? Yeah. Because if you're not, then... Well, let's do something about it. <laughs> let's figure that out. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Let's do something. Right? Are you feeling like you need to do something about this? I have a very time sensitive offer for you. That is honestly exactly what you're looking for. I'm partnering with moral theologian and Catholic sex and intimacy expert, Sarah Bartell, who has been on the podcast a couple of times before, and we are going to be a, doing a journey through the Song of Songs starting on January 17th, 2024. That is this Wednesday, if you're listening to this episode the week it comes out. We're going to take four weeks and learn what God has to teach us about marriage and our intimate life through his word. This is part Bible study, part group coaching, part small group, and it's going to be all amazing. So go to vinesinfullbloom.com slash song of songs, or click the link that's in the show notes here and be sure to sign up before January 17th to join us. I just, the last thing I wanted to say is that this is not ever something that you will arrive at. Like this is something that you will continually need to work on because like I can look back on my wedding night and say, wow, I had no understanding whatsoever of the holiness of sex, like literally none. Yeah. And compared to then, I mean, if like that Ellen on my wedding night saw where I'm at right now, I would think I have arrived. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But like, I know I haven't arrived. Yeah. (laughs) I know that there is still stuff I have to work through all the time of just like not wanting to have sex, feeling like it's a checklist item. Like, uh, you know, we go in and out of these seasons. And so I think I just sort of want to give a word of encouragement that like, if you listen to this and, and you're like crestfallen that like Kathleen doesn't think sex is holy, like that's not... (laughs) No, Kathleen knows. She knows sex is holy, but like knows it. Yeah, we are all on this journey of taking this intellectual knowledge and getting it into our heart. And well, and it's not even about like getting it into our heart. It's about opening up our heart to this beauty and this truth, and then like running with it. Yeah, I'll tell you, just a couple weeks ago, we did a vocations talk at one of the high schools in our diocese. And, you know, Michael had the the boys, I had the girls, along with two sisters who were just phenomenal. Awesome. It was great. But it was so funny because it came out, this this all came out in the freshman class of all people. Um, I feel like maybe the Holy Spirit needed someone in there to hear it. But the question came up, like, what do you wish you knew um, as a teenager, right? Like about... Mm marriage and all that's involved. And I had to be honest and say that the thing that I wish, I wish I was told and understood what sex actually was because here I am at 35 years old, knowing what it is, but like we just said, struggling to 
to understand it and to believe it and to not even believe it. I believe it, but to apply it, you know what I mean? That definition and that meaning to my life. And I think that young couples, like just getting married, right? Like find themselves in that space a lot where it's just like, like maybe you've already been having sex, right? And like, it's just, it's, it's this like urge, this desire, right? That just like needs to be quenched and, and, and satiated mm-hmm. versus like this renewal of vows, this intense theological, like, I mean, thing, you know what I mean? It's weighty. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It makes us like God in the sense that it creates, it co-creates, right? Like, Mm-hmm. No one ever, I, I mean, how many chastity talks did I sit through as a teenager where it was like, don't do it because you give yourself away, right? Versus like, don't do it now because it is so good and powerful. Like it is like, if someone had told me that it was a rep, it was a, a representation of your marriage vows, then I would have understood like, oh, that makes sense that I shouldn't do it now. I don't have any vows to recommit to, mm-hmm. right? Like, that makes sense. It's just like how we talk about it to even like young people is just like it has an effect in your vocation later on, you know? Like, it's just like teaching a child anything, right? Like, if you really want them to understand something, you need to teach it to them starting from day one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to teach them young, so that they grow up and that that understanding is instilled there and then it can just continue to grow and blossom right versus like trying to just just keep them from doing something you just give them some baloney because you're just trying to keep them from doing something and then later on they have to start understanding oh wait that's why we 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 were never allowed to do that right like I don't know. It it ended up coming out, and these freshmen, I think, were kind of like all bug eyed. They were just like, Wait, oh how gosh. did we get into this conversation? <laughs> Something that I like to say when I'm giving like a teen talk, like chastity talk. I hate calling it a chastity talk. I know. But sex isn't bad before marriage and good in marriage. That's not that's not what it is. Sex is a mm-hmm. good thing. Sex is a very, very good thing. Like it represents God. It represents the Trinity and it also represents God's relationship with humanity. Yeah. So sex is not bad before marriage and good after marriage. Sex is holy. And because sex is imaging the infinite and eternal God, it has to for the health of our human nature for our mental sanity it has to be within a covenantal forever bond where we can freely give our entire selves right Mm -hmm. because we're imaging infinite and we're imaging eternal So the way that we image infinite is giving our whole selves. That's as close as we can get to infinite. And the way that we image eternal is by like, you know, consciously or subconsciously, you know, within that covenantal bond, right? Saying that there is a fidelity to this. There is a permanence to this relationship. Like sex, I, 
and and a lot of times I'll, I'll say something along these lines, like if I'm talking more personally with someone, maybe not in a presentation, because this could be taken wrong. But it's like, sex isn't sex unless it's in marriage. Like, it just isn't. It is a mm-hmm. twisted, like, mockery of sex. Like, sex outside of marriage is just this mockery of what sex is actually supposed to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have this, like... It is, it's so, it is weighty, right? But then if we go too far on the pendulum swing there, then it starts getting yeah. too serious and, and difficult for us to actually engage in. But yeah, I mean, this, all of this understanding is for like Kathleen and I, like if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, yes, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, this has been Kathleen and I wrestling for years and like, Kathleen and I wrestling separately and then coming together and like she and I have grown so much just in the like two and a half years that we've known each other in just like being able to share and gosh I wish I had Kathleen like (laughs) uh, not on my wedding night but like (laughs) I don't wish I don't wish I was on your wedding night either (laughs) no I, I don't wish you were there seriously it's and I think that's a really important point to make is that like there's been a long time where we haven't, I mean, and that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Like we haven't been able to freely discuss these things with people that we trust and to brainstorm and ask questions and, you know, look for shared experience. Right. And again, that's the whole point of this podcast. And I think so many other people too are working to, to change that, to, Mm -hmm. to make this a conversation that's normal and healthy and helpful And so, you know, listening to the podcast is like awesome and great and any other podcast um, that shares these things, but also like try to normalize this conversation amongst your friends and your peers who are in a similar stage, right? Like you need community around this, like, which is funny because it's like such a personal and intimate thing, but, but you need that community. You need to share this with other people so that because it's not easy it's it's a journey right it is it's a journey so if if you like feel like oh my friends don't talk about this stuff like maybe be that change like start Mm -hmm. searching for these conversations amongst your friends and maybe they'll be squeamish and uncomfortable but like you know don't pressure them i guess but but open the door for conversation um because they need it and you need it and we all need it Mm -hmm. yeah I would like to ask Ellen if you could rate your wedding night out of 10 stars. <laughs> oh, what a great way to end this episode. Ah. Oh man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me just, let me, I'm going to give it a solid five and let me explain why. Wow. I know. I know that seems kind of high, right? Compared yeah. to like what I said, here's why I'm going to give it a solid five is that like, I would give it a zero out of 10 on the whole, like, actually having sex thing (laughs) because we didn't (laughs) right 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 yeah but I would give it a 10 out of 10 of the like that was my first opportunity that I learned I mean and I know this is gonna sound kind of bonkers but like I learned that my husband actually cared about me Mm. like really really cared about me and like that was the beginning of like a journey. And I know it's like you just got married to the guy. Like, didn't you know that already? But it was just like, I just honestly, I think I got married 
too early. Like, I just like didn't understand. I didn't understand any of this. Like Mm -hmm. by the grace of God, like I learned about what I actually committed to, you know, a year or two into our marriage. But it's just like, I kind I, I got this initial taste of this is your partner who is gonna stick with you through the crap and through the good. Yeah. Um and so that's why I would give it like a five out of ten because because it's like sort of these two polar opposites of like bad but really, really good too. Right. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Kathleen? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it like a four and a half out of ten. <laughs> Four and a half. But here's the thing, and my husband's going to listen to this because so he'd be like, excuse me, but it was a four and a half out of ten because of me, not because of him. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that I didn't necessarily expect. I expected it to be uncomfortable. I didn't expect it to be like this mind-blowing, you know, sort of like movie, Hollywood movie experience. Um, so I think my, my expectations were realistic, but I wish that I had done more to make it more fun and more mm. memorable. It was like completely me and my lameness and my tiredness <laughs> that made it a four and a half out of ten. <laughs> also, no one talked to me about lube. So yeah. that well, also our honestly tips for your first time episode. Yeah, if, if I if engaged. we had if we had known about that, I mean, not that we didn't know that it was a thing, but it was just not like on the list of like, make sure you have this right. Like no one ever mm-hmm. made, no one ever told us that if we had told us that that would have brought it up to a five. No doubt. Yeah. The next, the next yeah. bridal shower that I go to, like I'm definitely, I always like give lingerie cause I'm just like, I'm the sex lady. Like who cares? There you go. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> just that is what I get. Right. But like, I need to definitely like add in, like a, a lube variety pack. <laughs> yeah. Test out some yeah. things. Um, including almond oil, because that's my top recommendation. I revolutionized I great- my friend's bachelorette party a couple weeks ago. Revolu- changed those girls' lives by telling them about almond oil. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy yep. to hear that. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you are not already following us on Instagram, be sure to check us out at Charting Toward Intimacy. And if you listen to podcasts on a platform that gives you the option to rate or review, we'd love for you to do that because it helps us spread the word about the podcast. If you ever have questions, comments, or episode topic ideas, please reach out to us. We love to hear from you. You can reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Our email is in the show notes. Until next time. 